Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. We have two scripture lessons this morning. First, from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. I invite you to turn with me if you feel so led in your own Bibles or in the Bible found there in the pew in front of you. Genesis, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Hear now these words. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was that was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths, for themselves. Our second reading comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Once again, I invite you to turn with me in your own Bible or in the Bible in front of you in the pew. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted. Forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's go to God in prayer. Oh, God of grace and God of mercy, we give thanks. We 
give thanks because we come into this place in the middle of so much busyness and chaos in our lives. And yet we're able to take this moment to just be still. To feel your presence. To hear your voice. And so God, as we've already heard you through the hymns that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, the creed that was affirmed, as we've heard your voice through the scriptures that were read, may we now continue to hear your voice as your word is proclaimed. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth, and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into a word of God that we need to hear today as individuals, and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. There is a difference between hearing and listening. There is a big difference between hearing and listening. As Jennifer and I had two young boys, well, they're grown adults now, but when they were young, it seemed like every week we were at the pediatrician's office with another ear infection. Do any of you have children that had ear infections quite a bit? Yes. We were there, it seemed like constantly one of them had some kind of problem. And so we went through with both of our children multiple rounds of having tubes Placed. And in fact, if you ever had a child that had tubes put in their ears, you probably still can hear the screams when water would get in that ear. Oh, it was awful to hear them endure such. Our youngest son, Aaron, seemed to have the most problems with the ear infections, and so they put in what were more permanent tubes that would last for several years. And Aaron was the one that we were concerned with the most, whether or not he would have hearing impairment. And in fact, it did seem that as he was getting older, that he was not, it didn't seem that he was hearing us as well when we would speak to him. We worried that maybe he was having trouble in the classroom as well. And so I remember we scheduled an appointment at the pediatrician's office to take him to have his hearing tested. And sure enough, as the test results came out, the pediatrician, they told us that Aaron's hearing was perfectly within the normal range of hearing. I said, I'm confused. Because how is it when we speak to him, he doesn't always acknowledge? How is it when we ask him to do something, he doesn't respond appropriately and we were told then, there's a difference between hearing and listening. He could hear you, he just wasn't listening. I found that to be very relevant. There is a big difference between hearing and listening. And then fast forward a few years later, several years later, and I was serving a congregation, and in that church it was our custom that we would call out praises and concerns during time of prayer. And people would stand up and they would often speak a word of praise and I would sort of emcee that kind of moment. And so I would do my best to interpret what it was that they were saying. But it became a challenge. And I would do everything I could to try to figure out, is this a praise or a concern? Because you don't want to say praise God when they mention somebody's diagnosis. Or you don't want to say we'll lift you up in prayer when it is a word of celebration and thanksgiving. And so I myself became very concerned that I was suffering from hearing loss. And that would be explainable, very understandable, because I had been in 
bands, uh, rock and roll bands from my high school through college years and on, and always being close to the drum kit, hearing that loud noise, I knew that hearing impairment would be in my future. And so I myself went and got tested because I was concerned and wanted to be able to address it in whatever way we could. Well, sure enough, it, the results came out. And they said that my hearing was completely within the normal range of hearing. I said, well, I don't understand. I, I struggle sometimes to understand what is being said to make out everything. I feel like I'm struggling to hear. And they said, well, there's a difference between hearing and listening. And they said somewhere around the age 40 that, that for many people that you begin to struggle, you may hear it but the brain doesn't process it in the same way. And so they said, it's gonna require more work. You're gonna to have to pay closer attention. You're gonna to have to really do the work to listen to the voices that you need to hear. I found it interesting, those same words that were shared at my son's hearing test to mine as an adult, the same words are very relevant. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Today's scriptures give us two different examples of listening. In that first passage in Genesis, we hear that story that is as old as time itself. God has given Adam the instructions in Genesis chapter 2, and in fact, he said, you may eat freely of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Now, nobody has experienced death at this point. There's no way that Adam could fully understand what death means. And Eve has not yet been created, and so he's there to process this instruction on his own. But how could he have fully known the consequences However, as God ultimately made Eve a suitable companion and breathed into her the breath of life and has placed them in the garden where they want for nothing, everything they need is right there and they are in constant communion with God, God walking through the garden with them. I always think of in that passage of God walking through the garden about the child who came home from church and said to their parents, I now know God's name is Andy. And the parents confused, Andy, why do you say Andy? Because we sing about it in church. Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. Andy tells me I am his own. Imagine being in such communion with God that God walks with you. That was Adam and Eve. They wanted for nothing and God was there with them. But one day, one day the serpent encounters them. And the serpent asks, can you really not eat from all the trees, from this one tree in the garden? And Eve gives the instruction as has been relayed to her from Adam, who says, oh, we can eat from every tree in the garden except from the tree in the middle, in the center, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For if we eat of it, or if we even touch it, we will die. That goes a little beyond what God had originally said. The serpent, the serpent begins to speak. The serpent says, you will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And in this moment, the serpent didn't really, really completely lie, but the serpent did deceive. 
While Adam and Eve couldn't really know and understand about physical death, God's words were true because there was going to be a death on that day when they encountered the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the death of their innocence. There's a difference between hearing and listening. While God's word may not have been heard, it was the serpent that it seemed to be, may have been heard, it was the serpent instead that it seems that they were listening to. It was the serpent that captivated the imagination of their hearts. And it led to the death, the death of perfection, the death of their innocence, the death of constant communion with God in the garden. And it gave birth. It gave birth to seeking, to wandering, to strife, and to struggle. It gave birth to sin. Many years later, that same choice to hear or to listen came to Jesus as he wandered in the wilderness. Will Jesus hear God and listen to Satan? Or will Jesus listen to God as he hears Satan? And every year at the start of Lent, that first Sunday of Lent, we look at this passage of Scripture of Jesus facing this time of temptation, this trial. It comes at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus, as you remember, was baptized. But then as he comes up out of the water, he goes into the wilderness for a period of time, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And at the end of those 40 days and 40 nights, he is famished. And it was in his weakest moment, in that time of being famished, that Satan comes. It says that he was there 40 days and 40 nights, parenthetically saying he was there a really long time. And there Jesus encounters Satan. Satan presents with him these different temptations. But Jesus, he hears them. But Jesus has been listening to God for all of time. When Jesus refuses to turn the bread into stone, it's because he knows that the gifts and abilities that are his are in service to something far greater than hunger. When he refuses to test God, it's because he already trusts God. And when he refuses the kind of loyalty that leads to worldly authority, it's because he knows that the power is meant for connection and not domination. Jesus knows all of this because he has been listening. Day after day, he listens. He embodies the teachings that he heard in the temple. He embodies the lessons that he learned from his mother's lap or his father's shop. Jesus shows us what it's like to walk in wisdom and discern what voices to listen to. And so if we're going to be like Jesus, we've got to begin by first listening to the voice of God at our very center. That voice that it tells us in spite of everything else that the world may tell us that we are God's beloved. When we know this, we can filter out so much of the trash that traps us. We release ourselves into the arms of love instead of taking up arms against one another. We make space for the transformation to be born within us when we do the hard work of listening, to listen for God. If you were a part of the Ash Wednesday services this week, Reverend Greg Gallagher 
presented the message for us, both at noon and at 7 o'clock. Reverend Gallagher, if you've not had a chance to get to meet him, he is a retired elder from the Kentucky Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. He and his wife, Tani, have relocated here to Chapel Hill. And Reverend Gallagher preached to us all a message about our practices of Lent, reminding us to take up our cross. He even presented uh, an opportunity for us to take a physical cross. I've got one in my pocket. To take a cross that was made out of olive wood from Bethlehem by Palestinian Christians as a way of being reminded of the ways that we practice listening to God, to carrying our cross. I think there may be a few of those crosses remaining in the back. And hope, if you do not, are not able to get one, hopefully we can be able to provide some others. This is just simply a way of being reminded of carrying our cross, to listen to Christ, to practice doing the hard work to not just hear God, but to really listen and to be reminded. And I know for myself, having that in my pocket or having it in your car where you can visibly see it, it transforms us. When we focus on what is there, it changes us. Another practice that Reverend Gallagher reminded us is to be intentionally in prayer. Our bishop, Bishop Connie Shelton, has shared with all the conference an opportunity for people to be engaged in daily prayer, and it's through an app, a free app that you can download to your phone. It's called Pray As You Go. You just go into either your, the iTunes store or on Google, however. Pray As You Go. And each day, there's about an 11 to 12-minute devotion or scripture that they read and then have questions for you to ponder and meditate. You know, I've found going just about anywhere takes at least about 10 to 12 minutes. And so I've found when I get in my car in the morning, the first thing that I do, instead of listening to talk radio, instead of listening to music, instead of listening to uh, the podcast that I normally listen to, I've, I've started with Pray As You Go. And there you hear scripture read three different times and given those questions to ponder. And to think, and you know what, something changes. I mean, I've confessed standing in front of you about sometimes I struggle when I'm in the car and somebody cuts me off on the highway and I want to let them know they're number one. There are times that I think about how I might react to people that just hit their brakes for no reason in front of you. And you want to just get frustrated and say, this person doesn't know what they're doing. But you know what, when I start off my day with pray as you go, something changes. When I'm hearing the word of God read, it doesn't feel quite right to have that same kind of expression. That takes work. That takes work. And throughout the season of Lent, it's this time of reflecting of the ways that we do listen to the voices of the world so many times more than we listen to the voice of God. This Lent, I want to invite you into a holy practice of listening. Listening for the voice of God. In spite of all the other noise within the world, may we listen and be transformed in the way that Jesus listened and was formed throughout all the years. May we too try to live like Jesus as we embody what it means to listen to God. Let us pray. Lord, there is a difference between listening and hearing. 
There's so much noise and chaos within the world, and yet you call us to something deeper. So I thank you for moments like this, when we are able to tune out the world to listen in to you. But as we go throughout our daily lives, Lord, may we be ever so intent that we would hear you. That what we hear would give us knowledge and wisdom in the ways that we interact with others. That we would hear from you messages that overcome the voices in this world that tear us down and cause division. That we would hear from you that you are a God that calls us all to the table. You're a God of hope and reconciliation and restoration. And so, Lord, may we hear your voice and be ever transformed by it. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.